Welcome back to my lovely IHP community. And anyone who's new, you have landed on a podcast where you get to hear the Enlightenment Soul Age voice of one of the Enlightenment Soul Age people on this lovely planet of ours. There are most certainly a bunch of unconditionally loving 5D human beings out there who are restorative embodied selves and integrated minds. And so that would be their optimal, our optimal as a species, our lovely ventral vagus or vagal nervous system. There's always different ways they call it. But if you look up Stephen Porges and the polyvagal theory, you will find what I'm talking about. So 5D is the dimension of unconditional love and oneness consciousness. Christ consciousness. There's a reason for the name, although the 4D community keeps thinking it's about the battling of light and dark. They have yet to achieve the state of knowing that darkness is actually enlightenment and not because darkness is uh, what you will be, but really when we all die, we all basically go you know, into the stars. And, and what I mean by that is, is we won't be conscious. You, you'll be maybe a different name. You won't be the same name of you. And here's where that void, I know people have all these stories for it, but it's, it's actual accepting that we, the people who have a secondary consciousness, so humanity, we are aware that we live and we're aware that we physically die and and so the just the basics of of when you look at the human condition from way back when and only having philosophers they handled this whole void thing then we moved into other forms of information yada 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 fast forward we're in 2023 yoga is now called yogic science because the lovely sciences have technology that has shared with them what's inside our bodies and there's this nervous system and we have a uh parasympathetic nervous system and a sympathetic so when you're breathing in you're activating your sympathetic nervous system when you're exhaling breathing out you're activating your parasympathetic nervous system this is why breath is so important we also know that when we want to work with our lovely embodied brain this this mind of ours this uh, skull with the left mode that is for our linguistic stuff and and it's narrow focus and it reduces things to parts and it wants to understand for example how a virus is created and how can we you know dissect it so left mode is about seeing the system and its components or one or the other the parts individually and when you're only using that mode which is where our adaptive children are these are not 5d self-empowered enlightened individuals these are people who are usually in a shame cycle which is inner critic outer critic then there's denying through self-soothing habits some do drugs and other things like compulsive sex compulsive uh, eating usually if they want their well-being they will actually be aware of their habit because it will lead them to be a um, what's the word they will be basically addicted to it it's something they won't want to stop it's something that doesn't have their energy move up though so they're they're actively ignoring the fact that it's not something that brings more to their life but they also disregard the fact that there's a type of what's the word uh cycle that they're slowly engaging it now here's the thing though to have a compassion hat on 
people begin these things at a very young age because every human being, let's move to our right mode. We have our right mode brain or, you know, so left and right, they have different functions. Now the right mode is holistic. It sees the patterns of the whole. It's nonverbal. So it's all the sensations. Now, lots of people think emotions don't matter. And some educators who are rigid, they actually call them stupid. And so they spread the word and they're people with telescopes or telescopes, whatever that word is. So they have all the titles and because they have the titles, the individuals who actually don't have a relationship with their emotions due to non-secure attachment. So some would be avoidant where there's a, um, what's the word, the disconnected self. So that type of non-secure attachment had to shut down their feelings because in their first year of life, they will have not received their attachment system, which is in our limbic system, if I remember correctly. So it's in our right mode area. So here's where we are born with this experience expectancy of contingent communication, which means I'm expect my body, excuse me, our, our sensation, this infant body, because we all were that, is expecting to be warmed if I'm cold to be fed if I'm hungry. So it's expected to attach because of physical necessity. Now, there's a whole group of researchers, two, two groups of attachment. So that's separate from the polyvagal theory, Dr. Stephen Porges, who tells us that love is not uh, ubiquitous suffering, not even close. You can only actually experience love, pure love, true love in your body when you're engaged in the parasympathetic nervous system's ventral vagus nervous system, which is a new branch. They say it's a new branch because we also have an old branch. And when I say we, I'm talking about us, the human species. So the new branch is this ventral vagal nervous system, which came along when we became mammals. Now, I don't know when this happened, but I do know how our brain developed. Thank you, NICBM. Let me go grab my little infographic. And I know my regular listeners know all these things, but remember, let's be kind. There might be new listeners and we want them to know what it means to be a 5D self-empowered enlightened person. Maybe we'll move in their enlightenment soul age group, maybe not. But in the meantime, we're talking about relationships. So we want to make sure before we get into it, what we're talking from, which is a unconsciously loving oneness consciousness body. This is where this is coming from a person who can sit, stand, and at all times be in more than just what you will hear from a spirituality guru or anyone that wants to think they're one as well. Uh, in fact, the ones who will be spirituality gurus and or reaching their, what's the word? They're just wanting to be that is what I'm trying to get at. I can see all of them in my mind's eye. They're very happy. They're all in their communes, doing their thing, and that's great and dandy. So the soul age groups, that's also for my 5D community. So we're a community of mystics, but we bring together human, spiritual, and spirituality. So we don't sit in the story, but we don't deny the stories either, especially because we do actually have experiences with the other dimensions of our own self. And here's where for my lovely paid subscribers, the ones who need Additional support as you navigate the oversoul, as you navigate your light worker's life, you know that's for you. So as we move into having more of those subscribers, you send me the requests. I get to help you out, support you out through food for thought and share with the experiences that can get you to have 
the perspective of the 5D versus hearing always these 4D people talking about it in ways that don't allow you to look at yourself from a human perspective. So example, it's been since 2007, that's when I became aware of crystals and my relationship with the energetic sphere and field and consciousness and Akash and all words that I began using archangels, angels, I mean, Jesus was already introduced to me and angels as well, but not the crystals and not the metaphysics world. Actually, that was something I was completely uninterested in. My twin sister liked crystals. I was not as fond of them because my brain was interested in basic academic material, which I'm very happy about. So here's where those, those things began to call to me. And my first my first crystal was shared to me by my friend, who's my soul sister, and it was Moldavite. And I was like, oh my gosh, as soon as I saw it, I wanted one. And then my second crystal was one that made me feel happy and smile. I, I'll never forget the feeling. I was like, what is this one? I want this one. And I think it was a type of quartz. All I know is that Moldavite was just amazingly close to the skies. And then this white one, which I forget the name, was like giggly happy, like a, it's not even a child. See, the essence of life is not a child. It's Krishna Leela. <laughs> Being able to explore the depths of the profound with, with joyfulness, meaning um, appreciation. If you are able to know, you have these 24 hours, you have this life of now. So I was little and I knew this. I'm an adult and I still know it. And what's sad is seeing people who actually use their older nervous system alone, the reptilian autonomous nervous system, fight, flight, freeze. It's our primal nervous system. And what's sad is seeing 4D people talking about it, like if it's some entity. And, and, and then there's, again, a lot of others who are just completely thinking the devil is here and we're all doomed because they aren't accepting that we have technology and science. And so we do know how to create synthetic life and synthetic this and synthetic that. But I don't know how they don't remember that the sun does expire. It has an expiration date. I mean, I learned it in just basic middle school or high school, and I even had a lovely, fun, to me, exchange with my younger sister who got pissed at me for saying that we don't know if it's going to end up, you know, in, in oblivion. And I was just trying to make the point of we won't be there. But she was making the point, science proves it, Maria, and you need to stop making up shit. <laughs> and there, that's the left brain saying no to a right brainer. And it's funny, though, because we, we have a good laugh. I learned how not to bring those conversations to my younger sister because she likes practical stuff. And I have other people that like practical stuff. So this is where we learn to respect each other because a 5D person doesn't have an insecure ego, and yeah, that's right, our right mode is fully online with our left mode, which is why we also have this integrated mind, which, let me get into that, so left and right mode are connected by the corpus callosum, or the callosum, no, the corpus callosum, and a person who does not receive secure attachment, and so to have secure attachment developed, an infant needs at least one third of the time for their lovely parent or parents, even though we are a species that 
is um, inclined to be for alloparenting. Uh, thank you, Daniel Siegel. So here's where I have many different hours of trauma educational with NICABM, and they have an array of people I learned from, Bezel van der Kolk, Peter Levine, Stephen Porges, uh, yes, some of them, Pat Ogden, we have Janina Fisher, Julianne, I forget her last name, Ebony, I got Chris Willer, I think is his last name, Ron Siegel, Dan Siegel, did I mention him? But Dan Siegel, I have also my educational courses in interpersonal neurobiology to finish up and my attachment lifespan to also finish up. Then we have Somatopia, Dr. Albert Wong, love Dr. Albert Wong. I'm going to have to write him at some point and see how he's doing just to say hello. And that's my trauma educational certificate. Rewire therapy, it doesn't give me a certificate, but hours for, I forget what it was that I got from that one, somatics or somatic, yeah, somatics, somatic experiencing with attachment is from Diane, so all these websites, I'll create a landing page at some point, maybe identify those hours for the people who want to, you know, just see that, but long story short, back to our equation, so the brain, let me tell you about the brain, thank you NICABM for this infographic, they are awesome, awesome, awesome. They have a subscription-based model content for anybody who likes to stay updated. If you're a personal development coach, mentor, supporter, or content creator for personal development, like I, and all of the online entrepreneurship stuff that keeps coming forward, that's one of the sources I definitely suggest or say go for it. They have great subjects and like they switch up every eight weeks. So like right now we're learning about repair and rupture. And did you know people who have, so a secure attachment, you need a parent or caregiver or caregivers that attune to you a third of the time. So they meet your experience, expect, and con contingent communication so that they feed you when you're hungry. They warm you up when you're cold. They hug you. So when we get hugged, FYI, that actually activates our newer branch of our parasympathetic nervous system, which is that ventral vagus nervous system. Now, the reptilian autonomous nervous system, the fight-flight is in our sympathetic response. The freeze has different modalities. The freeze, one of them is in our sympathetic, but then there's another one or two which is in shutdown mode. So that would be in your parasympathetic, and that's the dorsal vagal. So when you're shut down, this is no energy, dorsal vagal comes on, and I've seen this is where people dissociate, and there's a little bubble around them and people who did not have a consistently safe environment so their body did not have the ability to move into ventral vagus nervous system response so they didn't get to become resilient as they weren't met that third of a time plus the repair the repairing of rupture is important so well, that's the most important part that a caregiver wants to be aware of. You don't have to be attuned to your child 100% of the time. That's actually quite impossible. Plus, the studies show that you create, these are always the attachment researchers, you create a more resilient human being when they have a little bit of distress. Now, don't take this out of proportion. Here's the people who like to talk about, oh, then we have to suffer. No, actually, there are people who suffer and they endlessly choose fear because they ignore the fact that they're actually in a vicious cycle. And they make up a justification when their implicit memory is coming up from the right mode. 
why make up a story because that's the unresolved trauma that has only emotions which are not stupid they're actually very important if only a person would start to pause their mind because the mind if it's chattering and it's talking about you or others in an inner critic or outer critic that's your shame cycle and that's not going to help you heal and i don't like to use the word healing but it's not going to help you empower or grow up it's going to have you in that emotion but it's a thought that's accompanying the emotion that isn't actually going to engage in your prefrontal cortex and then allow you to switch from a modality that is defense mode to let me bring ease because I'm safe in my body so the minute that you can bring ease and allow tenderness to happen which is easy with neutrality because some people they might be pissed in the moment right so if someone pissed you off you're not going to be like oh let me be happy right now however if you want to actually gain a way to empower your own self and here's where the inner growth mindset and why mindset is everything people will think the external is what affects you no you your mind you navigate it now some individuals have a shaky foundation their right brain stuff the stuff that comes up from the brainstem the implicit memory and so this is where their past surfaces and here's why if you notice your cycle compulsive activity you'll notice where you're self-soothing a person who cares about themselves will have an awareness of their energetic spectrum and level and when i'm talking about this what i'm saying is if i wake up and i'm tired every day it means i'm not treating myself well something's off now unfortunately people don't actually care about themselves uh, they're too busy trying to get another parent in their partnerships. So here's where those people live lives that consistently are lived from fear. And they don't actually learn how to be vulnerable like adults, which is really sad. It's a very sad thing, you know, um, because being vulnerable is beautiful when you are safe, of course. And it's very uh, unbeautiful when you are consistently shown by people their lack of faith in each other, when yet they use the name Jesus or Christ, and they don't know what that means, one. And I'm not talking about the ones who want to stay in the middle ages. They can stay there. This is for 5D, self-empowered, enlightened people. So you have to be somewhat of a mystic. Otherwise, you shouldn't be. I don't even know why you're here. I, I make the titles on purpose so that people can follow. I know that if I didn't use this, people won't follow me because I have my day-to-day -day people that are like, what are you talking about? What the fuck is this mindfulness? What are you, what, what's this shit? And I'm happy that they tell me so I can remember how to respond when somebody's not following me. But I put titles in here for a reason. So if you are not following, thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye. <laughs> I mean, there's no way this is going to go in any other route. So we're integrating human, spiritual, and spirituality. It's not a uh, race and a contest and nobody's right or wrong. It's that there's subject matters that I hope you can all follow. So just to be clear, back to our brain, reptilian brain, mammalian brain, primate human brain. This is the infographic before we run out of time and before I lose my circle of connecting the dots so that you can understand what a 5d self-empowered enlightened person is whether they're in their enlightenment soul age group or not and then we move to relationships and we look at this time i'm going to compare a minute 
what I was telling you before, which is the sad story of people who never choose love because they think Romeo and Juliet and unabiquitous suffering is love, which it's not. Because your nervous system ain't in your parasympathetic with the ventral vagal. No, no, no. You're in what's the reptilian, which the 4D loves talking about as if they exist somewhere and they're people. But this is something, again, the stories. Adaptive children, they want to prove they're right or they're battling to prove right wrong consistently. They're going to control or want to control their scenario, their era, everyone. And this is where it's their own idea in their brain that they can even control anything outside themselves, let alone the part that it's either going to be about unbridled self-expression or retaliation. You hurt me. Let me point a finger at you and try and get into this. It's a two-year-old. This is why. And then when they didn't get what they want, they withdraw. And this doesn't mean a person withdrawing. No, this is an actual interaction that people have with each other and do consistently. And it's very uh, sad to see. Like I see a bunch of people that are in these karmic relationships and they're karmic because they're reliving their their own unresolved trauma from their households. So from their family of origin, from their own childhood growing up, and basically if only they took one second to say, wow, I feel like I'm always treated unfairly, like everybody does nothing for me, that I do everything for them, everybody mistrusts everything and, uh, and all of this again. And, and it's not even only with the partners, it's also with humanity. And so here's where it's a kicker when you see people who have the little thetoscope speaking in groups and they're all basic sharing the same aspect of, you know, the statistics say that there's 50% or more secure attachment, but I don't see any. And I was like, huh, these people, did they not learn about the charged states and the non-integrated mind? I'm wondering now, because if they had, then they'd know why we have secure attachment people choosing fear, justifying their actions and continuing to be the adaptive children they are, meaning that there's actually the suffering that they have not leaned into with tenderness in any way, shape, or form because they have not looked at their right brain mode from their own left brain mode. Nope, they've used and keep using only their left mode to list the reasons, oh, why am I so sorry to be alive in this lovely planet, you know, and and, and right now I'm being silly, but this is the part. It's actually very straightforward. So when I see professionals who have a way more degrees than I do in the actual field of psychotherapy, neuroscience, okay? And I love that they're out there, but when they present an equation that I'm like, hey, wait a minute, did, you, did I learn this? Where, where are you? Where's your academia stuff? What's the deal? Like, uh, hello? So secure attachment doesn't mean people choose love. In fact, this is one thing I recently uncovered, which set me in a whole lovely spiral of, okay, let me present a lot more about how easy it is to choose love. Because while I can understand the body of a person who's avoidant, who keeps running away from actually opening up their heart because their literal body consistently feels that day and day after day after day of their one-year-old who was not getting it. It's explained how the nervous system, which is a system, has to shut down. It's not a machine. It's like if I every day come to you, you know what, I watched a video on motivation, but I'm going to leave all of that out because to me this is very common sense. I don't understand still how people don't understand how they work because honestly, I don't even know. I don't know anymore how many different ways I've been able to understand how a person could live 
alive from inside their body moving gradually not in any type of speedy way because yeah there's other shortcuts there ain't no shortcuts <laughs> but hey people are too busy flaunting their mantles of thinking they're special anointed ones okay enough about that so the grown-ups we can giggle and have a laugh and when we see people who are not moving in their higher consciousness potential it's because they're choosing a sob story when they could have moved out of their teenage years and childhood years from their teenage years on but you know it's just too good to basically fall within the stereotypes and now they're all adults saying oh here's my study here's here's all the people that prove it to me so long story short studies are for the researchers (laughs) and they are used very effectively by the good ones the rest of the people that use them to limit, well, you know, it is what it is. We have a variety of rainbow of colors for a reason. Oh, yeah, that's right. Not everybody wants to move into the Enlightenment Soul Age because it would mean choosing love. So back to what that means. It would mean getting to hold your heart in your hand as it's broken, perhaps, <laughs> which it's not, by the way, because it can't actually come out of your out of your chest otherwise you'd be dead i was a teenager when i remember i think it was probably the first time the teenage boyfriend cheated on me or something must have been something like that where it's like huh well it doesn't break it's still here oh look i can bring love to my heart how wonderful is that oh look i can talk to the human being that actually cheated on me and say hey so what's up what are you going to do do you want to stay together do we not very straightforward we stayed together great relationship for me because here's where when you can make sense of the things that you experienced guess what happens lo and behold you have not carried trauma with you you've carried a secure attachment self without the influence of some sob story because you tended to the emotion you looked at things objectively it's natural for things to happen we're all human we make mistakes Lo and behold, love cycle. There you go. Now, shame cycle, a little bit different. I know a bunch of people with it. I try to take steps back and I'm thanking my divine masculine friend because he helps me to remember, okay, you don't know vulnerability. It's a shit show. Please step back. So I'm going to take a step back and remember this and be compassionate and try to disengage from the ease that it is for a love cycle human being to choose love and understand yeah shame pretty shitty you know what's even more shitty for a love cycle person to see people who claim to be smart to keep on subjecting themselves to the same submission and shittiness and shame that they claim to not have so i want to have compassion but if someone wants to tell me i'm intellectually smart and then you have no idea what emotions are and how important they are I'm going to step back and allow myself to shut up so that I may be a kind human being. Because here's where Sadhguru says it in a very unique way because he's a spirituality guru. We don't meddle with consciousness. I say it as a human being who's in the Enlightenment Soul Age Group, who has mysticism in a way that is pretty fucking awesome. And you know what? Energy is not good or bad. There ain't no positive negative entity out there there's people who are actually creating their own suffering all on their own and these same individuals they claim to be smart well i don't see a person who's stable mature adaptive rational or teachable in front of me what i do see though is the adaptive child who wants to prove their right who wants to control their partner or the world or whatever it is, uh, who is definitely always about unbridled self-expression. However, that goes retaliation. Oh yeah, when they get pissy, 
and withdrawal is where they're living very happily, some of them, with their little groups. Okay, so that's where it isn't an infinite higher human consciousness potential person. It's a person like the average bear who basically stuck to the old manuscript of, oh, no, but suffering, it has to be a part of the human world. No, no, no actually. And I do say it's not the fault of the people because there's plenty of those with the thetoscope again who are all out there saying you have to have human suffering and they're all titled with their psychology or psychiatry degrees. So, you know, it is what it is. Oh, FYI, obviously they work with people who need them. So here I'm going to share a person who doesn't need, even though it's great that they're out there because there are plenty of people who can use them, the ones who want to get out of their suffering there's so many awesome somatic sensory motor and trauma experts that actually do know that human suffering is not a must and they can explain it. And they also share with me how I need to learn to be more compassionate and patient and know that the dysregulated or modulated embodied people are triggered by stuff like this because they have not found safety in their body yet. And that's because of reasons. They've been surrounded by experiences that are horrendous including their infancy and so when people go through horrendous experiences they will have reason to dislike humanity but you know what i also found out that studies show that overgeneralizations is what keeps people in ptsd hmm okay so let me think am i going to keep on shutting up about the fact that all of these lovely experts have found ways to help people get out of their ptsd and out of their shit show because others that are in modulated bodies, which means they're sympathetic, feel that they have a right to get all pissy with the ones of us who say, hey, you can achieve compassion if you want. I think I'm going to stand up and say, you can achieve compassion if you want. The one lovely lady tells me how she negotiates with her clients to say, hey, the way out of here is from hell to purgatory. Every step of the way, I forget the, the therapist's name, but she, this is how she negotiates with her patients who want to leave because therapy is so uncomfortable. And she's comparing it to the hell to get out of purgatory. And, you know, here's where when I see people who are dysregulated, I, I feel sad for them. They actually have no faculty of desiring to see that they can get out of their low 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 energy this is heartbreaking to say the least to a human being who cares about humanity it's even more heartbreaking to know that there's no way you can enforce any type of enlightenment on a person like that because the minute a person doesn't acknowledge that they need help i saw what happened one of my lovely loved ones yes they are no longer here so here is where i understand how some people can make great use of shame good for them I'm not going to promote it because it's for our ancestors who lived with lions, bears, and tigers. We're not in lions, bears, and tigers anymore. Actually, we're heading to a place where tomorrow and eventually our planet will not be somewhere we can live. So I'm happy about science and technology, and I'm sorry for the Middle Ages people. Back to a lovely infographic. So our brain, which if you watch that great Amazon documentary or Netflix, the second brain... Lo and behold, our gut was our first brain. Lo and behold, your reptilian autonomous nervous system, this flight, fight, freeze, the parasympathetic dorsal vagal, there's your gut. I mean, it's all one thing if you only learn about being human. So the reptilian brain is the brainstem and the cerebellum. 
And according to this infographic, it's the first part of the brain that we began to develop. It's the most ancient part. Uh, the structure is uh, similar in function to the brain found in simple creatures like crabs and lizards, and it's responsible for survival and maintenance, regulates our heartbeat, breathing, and other vital organs. Uh, its basic need is safety and avoiding harm. And when that need is met, we feel peace. We experience fear when the need is not met. So those infants who in their first year of life don't get that contingent communication, you better bet that they don't have peace in their reptilian brain. In fact, they're navigating life from their primal, basically nervous system without realizing it. That's dysregulated, modulated. So they have no peace, which is why they wither away slowly and other things too. Even if they may look big and bad whenever they're in their sympathetic, they're treating their body no way that's going to use it up sooner than later because it's always under threat. It doesn't know what it's like to be in the restorative embodied self. In a mind that has a sense of ease, you can achieve this if you begin to create a relationship with your right brain. And that's where some people need somatic sensory motor therapy because it's supportive. But what most people need are 5D people in their lives. They need the ones of us who are safe harbors and launching pads because we unconsciously love our loved ones how they are with their flaws and imperfections. We are the ones who do the relational mindfulness without having to be therapists. And I bought my lovely course from Terry Real so that I could add that to our equation. And that way we can talk about that. We learn mindfulness without yoga necessarily the inner growth mindset can help you with that and or you know all the different combinations of things that you get to do when you pause in your mind and you move to compassion which is the minute that you're in your own limbic system your right brain mode saying let me calm my temperature down before I begin engaging let me look at what my temper what why am I feeling frustrated so you name the, the emotion and you look at it if somebody's in front of you and they're emotional, you, hey, you okay? So even if there's misattunement, people who care about each other will continue to dialogue so that they may become more vulnerable together. The 5DC person creates a safe harbor and a safe launching pad for the people who want to expand their consciousness. This is why you are either self-empowered and unconditionally loving the enlightened part depends on you you don't have to move into that enlightenment soul age group some people won't they just want to create that environment for one person or for their family or for their community but i am a person who is in the enlightenment soul age group so i speak worldwide to create this type of compassion for all not just one human being um that's where relationships are with all, even the stranger who throws shit, for example, by accident or because they had a bad day, whatever it is. There are groups of us who will be immediately, instinctively saying, huh, okay, wait, I'm physically safe. That's cool. I hope they're okay. And then evaluate the infinite possibilities. Some could be he's an asshole or she's an asshole, quote, or it's an asshole. Some could be uh, it was an accident. Some could be it's some tick they have that they can't control. There's all these infinite areas. Oh, as I was saying, the studies show 
that those who like to overgeneralize, they don't move out of their PTSD because the minute that one bad thing happens, here's the teenagers for you. Oh, they lie to me. Every person, they are always going to lie. So the lovely betrayal stories. I'm going to leave it vague. My lovely regular listeners know which one I'm going to be referring to, but I've chosen that I'm going to take some of those pieces of my stories and just leave them vague and, and expand them. Betrayal, this lovely word, when it takes place, for the 5DC person, we don't actually consider it betrayal because our loved ones are the people who get to help us to grow up and become a lot more mature and independent and smart. And so this idea of betrayal will be something we contemplate and say, wait a minute, this is a data point. It doesn't matter or it doesn't have to look like betrayal. I just learned something about this person. Under stress or under these circumstances, this is what will happen. Good to note. Here's my little note. And really what we note is what we can share together and what we cannot. And betrayal is not anything more than a person who is looking to their best interest, which is only natural. And here's where their reptilian brain, now moving on to our mammalian brain. The mammalian brain, the subcortical region, is associated with mammalian evolution. We might think of it as a little mouse part of the brain. It is responsible for feelings and memory formation. Emotions, learning, and memory reward motivation are the core functions. Basic needs, satisfaction, and approaching rewards. When need is met, we feel contentment. When need is not met, frustration. So here's where those who have a non-secure attachment they live with frustration in their body when the idea of being vulnerable comes into the mix and non-safety, they experience fear. Or anyways, there's agitation. And withdrawing is what allows them to regenerate if they wanted to grow up and grow out of that if they knew intuitively or with the support or with the desire, this is why it's about a person wanting to go to softness versus stay in a rigid body and mind. So this part is not our choice. People get to choose if they're going to keep saying, I'm broken, others are broken, it's my fault, it's their fault, I can't, they can't, it's unfair, I'm unfair, everyone's going to betray me, nobody's going to be there. All these things are teenagers again and again and again. What the adults will say is straightforward. So besides all of the research, no one can ever be there for you 24-7. That's pretty much impossible. They're going to have to go to the bathroom at some point, for example, okay? So when it comes to certainty, being safe, no one can keep you physically safe all the time. It's an impossibility. I know some people love to think that that can happen, but if you allow yourself to keep thinking that, you're going to keep up a facade in your body and mind. This is why people ignore their adaptive child, because once you get defensive, because a mental and or emotional need, basically one and the same, was not met by a partner, by a person, now you're in that disappointment and here's the adaptive child. This is not about the relationship. This is not you being mindful. This is not you in your ventral vagus nerve. This is you in a flight, fight, freeze response, even though it's not freeze, but this is defense mode. And people that I see who are adults to this day, they're all in it. 
the 5DC person in the Enlightenment Soul Age group, we don't do shit like this. We immediately are like, okay, what is, the, what is this crap? What are you doing? What's the deal? What's the bullshit? I was a teenager when I think it was once I said, I'm all alone. I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> you got all these people all over the place. It's like, yeah, that's true. And from that moment forth, I began sharing with my teenage friends who would say, I'm all alone. Nobody hears me. And I'm an adult and I still hear the same shit. And I'm like, okay, I stopped saying, but I'm here because that actually at a certain point, but it's different. You don't count. I'm like, okay, wow, that, that's really sweet. I love that. I love that I don't count. <laughs> and then, then I, in my brain, I'm thinking, wow, only one human being counts. Now I know. Thank you, somatic experts. Thank you so much, trauma experts, for letting me in on how the adaptive child, when they're seeking, here, 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 let me, let me go to my other notes because this one was awesome. Because see, 5DC people, we don't want parents. I don't want no parent. You better bet a partner ain't a parent to me. And I ain't a parent to them because that uh, I got one parent and I told her what was what when I was three. And, and now I'm still telling her, hey, leave me alone. I'm an adult now. I can take care of my own emotions and she still will take care of me. If there's one place that I have three million gazillion compassion is for parents and their children. Because everything that I learned about attachment shares how parents do their best. And the child who grows up, they don't know about attachment until now. Now we, we finally have enough room and empirical data for people to talk about it. And I know we're running out of time, although I might extend this one a little bit so that we can talk a bit more or I'll have enlightenment time. Uh, here's primate human brain cortex. The cortex is the larger and more sophisticated than the other two layers of the brain. This part of the brain uh, to primate and human uh, it is only it's been um, tripled. The human cortex has roughly tripled in volume over the last three million years of evolution. Okay, so there's a time for that. Higher mental function, it regulates our attention, feelings, and desires, complex reasoning, abstract thoughts, imagination, language, empathy. The basic need is connection and attachment to others. When the need is met, we feel love. When the need is not met, we experience heartache. Now, when you look at this primate uh, human brain, the cortex, this is where your ventral vagus nervous system communicates with that. It communicates with the neocortex, the limbic system, uh, and that's when you're in a social mode. It is also, though, to be noted that your thinking is slower, your emotions are faster, which is why if you get a handle on your temperature, so when you begin to feel sensations, that's your best bet is to begin to moderate and modulate and just pause yourself in the spectrum of do I want to be softer or do I want to go in at this? And the stuff that's instinctive, like people who have moments of where they're reactive with anger, they can learn how to calm that too if they move out of their shame cycle. If you are always ashamed of it and you don't have people that work with you though too, because this is also important, person who can be understanding, so as long as there's no physical threat, and if there is, and people still want to work things together, there's somatic, sensory motor, there's, there's trauma therapy, there's so many ways that people can actually work with each other. The people who don't want to do the work, that is where our hands are tied, of course. And it isn't about anyone having to put up with it, but calling someone the devil's child or evil, or you sold your soul, or energy vampires 
karmics, all these words that I hear from 3D, 4D individuals and just anyone who doesn't actually truly care about mental health. The ones who care because they have their own hurt are different. They are actually the ones who yell at each other and they're creating an unsafe environment for a lot of different types of groups. And it's also very annoying for those of us who care about everyone to hear them yelling because while they're yelling, we're thinking you're just creating more modulated bodies because you're now a group, they're a group, now you're all against each other, now you're all unsafe and we get to hear you bickering at each other and talking about life as if it's a piece of shit and it's not. You're all doing this shit show together by disregarding the updated information. And again, I'm talking about the ones who want to say they're advocates. The minute you are anything mental health, you'd be nice to every human being or at the very least cautious. And so if there's anything remotely physically dangerous, you move out of their way. If there's something that is not physically dangerous, you don't need to move out of the way. You can maintain a ventral vagal stance. But that's only for the 5DC person, FYI. Most people aren't here that I've met so far. They don't have compassion towards themselves or humanity. They got stereotypes or generalizations, and they're all telling each other how to behave. They all love being each other's parents, so they're all adaptive children, and they think they're adults, but their emotions are not. Their emotions are still not explored, so their right mode is not yet fully online as the adult self they can be. It's their their life, not our life. So we leave it alone because otherwise they're just going to do the transference because that's what happens when the adaptive child meets the adult, but it's not the adult that they want. So that adult doesn't meet their perfection. Here's how attachment wounds work. If you can witness and then have a corrective experience, you can then release and transform. And the part, though, is that usually what's coming up, you're going to want to witness those thoughts, those feelings, those sensations. And then you're going to want to be able to be in the presence of somebody who cares and that can love and share with you. They listen. This is the part about feeling the felt sense when people feel a person's upset and they're there to welcome it and they're there to soothe it this is where the soothing part so for anyone who has secure attachment they enjoy this they don't necessarily move into their 5d for the people who have non-secure attachment the disconnected ones avoidant it's like they're not there whether you are attentive or not they are not present because they're not choosing to make themselves vulnerable They're disregarding their complete disconnect from you because that's their habit, but also because they're too busy not being aware. Wait, but this relationship means a lot to me. I actually want to engage from the heart. So it's only if their amygdala, their limbic system, which is, by the way, the area that calls if we're interested in something, your limbic system evaluates what has value for you, which is where, again, love is not what people feel for each other until they do when they do they will not be putting the emotions or the mind the thoughts aside and what i mean by that is they would be aware of the value automatically and of their creating distance and of their not being happy about that if you will because they're apparently again this is only if a person realizes that their withdrawal is actually not something that is natural, not because of criticizing it though. 
this is where avoidant, again, it's a disconnected self. The infant of one years old didn't choose to feel this way. Their body is protecting them or was, I shouldn't use that word. The body adapted to the non-contingent communication. The body adapted to, I'm not being fed, I'm not being clothed, I'm not being met. It got frustrated enough, the, the seed of empathy had to turn off. So whenever feelings come about, there's not practice in being vulnerable. So the body, as soon as something important emotionally comes to the mix for an avoidant, it's going to be a bit of a, what's happening? So like with my panic attacks, I recognize when they're coming up, a person who would become a, a, a regular aware person of their own inclined way to withdraw would be like, wait a minute, okay, this is my moment of me trying to go away. I want to instead, I'm going to push myself a little bit. And here's where you can work opposite, right? So you move towards a window of welcome and out of the cyclical pattern that you have of disconnecting from people. But if someone's not participating, you know, this is where it's not going to happen. Ambivalent has to down-regulate. They get panicky. So they're just reassuring, reassuring, trying to make sure that everything's okay. The disorganized, theirs is a little bit more complex because they have a flight, fight, freeze. So they feel they need to run away. And then there's also the part about them wanting to attach. And so they will have secure, avoidant, or ambivalent as secondary and all of these examples, if you have a 5DC person who's in the Enlightenment Soul Age group, you'll find a person that won't leave. We don't abandon anyone. That's not love. Love is, I'm safe physically, emotionally, mentally. You're having a moment. You're upset. Let's talk about it. That's it. So they can, for those who want to move into expansion with themselves, this doesn't mean they move into any specific area. No. This is where they can stay dysregulated, modulated, doesn't matter if they're restorative. We're the integrated minds. We're the restorative embodied self. We're the safe spots. The people who choose to be loving because we can, and they can come from the part of shame. This is why uh, it's not only for the love cycle people. The shame cycle people have gotten here too. They get here a different route, but they still get here by bringing their right brain mode online again and again and again and they learn how to be mindful and compassionate with them within themselves they learn how to communicate with their body to disconnect from these patterns that they recognize are not good and they learn how to release so the release of this burden this transfer of energy these thoughts feelings physical sensations which come from those five younger charged parts one to three year old attached panicky three to seven shame submissive, the freeze of all ages, 11, 12, fight, flight, or fire, flight, excuse me, the flight one, and 14, 15, 16 is the fight. When you're connecting with your adult self, so you're not going to put it on another human being, the corrective experience or the part about transference, you're going to say, hey, let's talk. Or, you know, you're going to as you're doing your thing, say, hey, oh, wait a minute, let me pause because I'm a little upset. You, you have ways you work with the people around you. And that's where unconditional love is pure and simply put. People accepting each other with these lovely flaws and imperfections that we all have. So relationships for 5DC person, there's never rupture because that's something that only those who are in 4D, 3D or other soul age groups 
in the sense that they are in us versus them groups. So it's people who have conditions who don't recognize that their adaptive child is leading the way because it's the only group that has conditions. The functional adult, which is what I talk from and talk to and share with you all to achieve, this is where the 5DC, Enlightenment, Functional Adult Love Language, those are for the paid subscribers, but we talk in that love language. I come to you with the message of love. It's easy to choose. People who say they will fight for anything in life, yes, they don't know what they're talking about because they don't know about their life yet. When they're not actually a human being who can be forgiving and know that all the past will not be changed to drop it like a hat, and to be in their heart and know we're all imperfect, we all make mistakes, and to allow themselves to stay grounded. This is not a challenge for a person who is a person who cares. Today I find myself sharing with you a lot more words than I shared as a kid, but the emotion is the same. The reason 5D is Christ consciousness, and I really dislike that not everybody understands this because of what Jesus means to me and not for a religious reason, because this is the one human being who I learned, walked with the people, talked with the people, all the people, turn the other cheek, do not cast stones, forgive them for they do not know. All of the words of this human being named Jesus Christ is an indication of a mature masculine and a mature feminine, which means an integrated mind and restorative embodied self. And it's not about one human being. This is the part. It's, and it's not about uh, living forever because <laughs> when you die, you don't become yourself again. I mean, the part of having Claire's, I'm so happy that I have these because I can say, you know what? You don't have to believe me. I ain't going to try and prove it. I actually have lovely Patrick McNamara to thank that I'm going to look into neuroscience from the religious self perspective that he gives. And oh, lo and behold, he's not saying anything that is uh, surprising. And a person who wants to be their mature self separates from their identity easily, knowing your name, and moving into the self of you. This is why when said guru says, don't divide yourselves into places but without breaking it down with the human stuff he's a spirituality guru the people who go to him they want that life i'm sharing the human elements for those who want to tap into their higher potential as you the person that you can be understanding that emotions will be what lead the way until you take your adaptive child and stop being the parent of you because you're not the parent of you Start being a person who says, what do I want to do with my words? What do I want to do with my thoughts? What do I want to do with my body? Now, again, I get it. Not everybody knows that human suffering doesn't have to be. And not everybody knows that when I say this, what this is indicating is that it's a person who can start to be in their mindfulness. Breathe, pause, understand that if the body begins to feel uncomfortable, this is the unresolved trauma that comes up. And some people have more of it than others. And this is why those who do have more of it than others, thank goodness for the somatic sensory motor and good trauma experts that are now out there sharing updated information. Because this part about what our brain does and what our nervous system does, they've only recently added more to it. We even have attached cry, collapse, submit, please appease. So it is not to be ignored the parts of you, which is why yoga alone is not going to get you to becoming the adult you. Yoga alone is going to get you to get into a relationship with your 
parasympathetic ventral vagus nervous system. It's going to help you learn to be mindful, but it's not going to help you learn how to work with each other with your own ability to be a person who can be a differentiated self with secure attachment, who can share with people when they're upset, it's okay, I got your back. And if they can or can't, doesn't matter to the 5DC person in the Enlightenment Soul Age group. We don't love with strings attached. That's the whole point. We're a differentiated self from the day you can remember for the love cycle people, the shame cycle people, once they get here as well. We'll keep talking a little bit more about this in our Enlightenment time. So I'll do a second episode, but for anybody who tuned in, welcome. I hope to see you again. Have a great day.